it had been so long since they'd seen one another, I think they were beginning to wonder if it would ever happen. Then finally that moment came when the reunion was possible. But it was a total surprise. They weren't expecting it. Check this out as these military heroes return home to meet their loved ones in a surprise homecoming. And the blood will dry underneath my nails And the wind will rise up to fill my sails So you can doubt and you can hate But I know no matter what it takes I'm coming home, I'm coming home Tell the world I'm coming home Let the rain wash away All the pain of yesterday I know my kingdom awaits And they've forgiven my mistakes I'm coming home, I'm coming home Tell the world I'm I want to stop here for just a second. Jessica's father called me. Jessica has a brother in Afghanistan and she wishes to be here today. I know what that's like. My wife and I had a son in Iraq in the Marines. And Jessica needs to Excuse me, I think I have something in my eye here. That's, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, those are very touching. There's something about these reunions. There's something about actually face-to-face -face encounters that are remarkable and transforming and life-changing. And today I wanna to talk to you about that face-to-face -face encounters, not just homecomings and reunions, but just any kind of personal face-to-face -face encounter. And Christmas is about the ultimate face-to-face -face encounter with the Word made flesh. I want to talk to you about that first face-to-face -face encounter at Christmas, and I want to talk to you about the face-to-face -face encounters that we all experience and how we can understand the impact of face-to-face -face encounters and also maximize them to the advancement of the kingdom and for our own spiritual growth and development. So, I want to take us mostly to the letters of the Apostle John here. We're going to look at a few passages together. But it's all about that first Christmas and the face-to-face -face encounter we have with Jesus and then how that rolls into our lives on a daily basis. So come with me, all right? So the Apostle John writes to the church. And in the letter of 1 John, he begins this way. What was from the beginning... That is, the one who has been forever, who has lived forever, Jesus Christ, one with the Father and the Spirit. What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. 
So John begins this letter by, by telling them about his face-to-face encounter with the one who made the universe. And he's talking about the word made flesh come among us. These were direct personal encounters with Jesus, the second person of the Holy Trinity. This was their church experience, if you will. This was their beginning of a fellowship that they had with God through Jesus' son. And he says, he was from the beginning. What we, not just John, but all the apostolic witnesses, all the apostles, and what we have heard, seen with our eyes, observed, that means you carefully saw what was happening there, that you gazed upon it, and what we've touched with our hands. They actually, they, 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 they put their hands in, in the side of Jesus. That they, 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 they had fellowship with him that was personal and direct. So they're not just eyewitnesses. They're also ear witnesses, hand witnesses. They're all those things. That, he says, that life was revealed. We saw him face to face. And we have seen it. And we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. So here's the first point. Christmas, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, God taking on human flesh, and really all of Christianity that makes it unique and different from all the other world religions, that makes it stand apart is about God himself coming down to us and taking on human flesh. It's amazing. Christmas and Christianity is all about the face-to-face encounter between Jesus and people. We have become very accustomed to this, as many, and many of us as believers, that we're just used to, yeah, Jesus came down, Christmas, and so forth. And if we just step back and think about the awesomeness of that incredible miracle, that God who made the universe came down, humbled himself, and became uh, lived among us, it blows your mind. Christmas is the most amazing miracle imaginable, the incarnation. Paul writes about this in Philippians 2 when he says, Christ himself was like God in everything, but he did not think that being equal with God was something to be used for his own benefit. He gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born as a man and became like a servant. That's the miracle of Christmas, guys. Now, this week I was reading a a book by Max Lucado called Next Door Savior. I want to share with you about what he says about this miracle of Christmas. He says, why? Why did Jesus travel so far? I was asking myself that question when I spotted the squirrels outside my window. A family of black-tailed squirrels had made its home amid the roots of the tree north of my office. They watched me peck the keyboard. I watched them store their nuts and climb the trunk of the tree. We were mutually amused. But I've never considered becoming one of them. The squirrel world holds no appeal to me. Give up the Rocky Mountains, bass fishing, weddings, and laughter for a hole in the ground and dirty nuts. Count me out. But count Jesus in. What a world he left. Our classiest mansion would be a tree trunk to him. Earth's finest cuisine would be walnuts on heaven's table. And the idea of becoming a squirrel with claws and a furry tail, it's nothing compared to God becoming a one-celled embryo and entering the womb of Mary. But he did. The God of the universe was born into the poverty of a peasant and spent his first night in the cow's feed trough. 
The God of the universe left the glory of heaven and moved into our neighborhood face to face. Who could have imagined he would do such a thing? Why? He loves to be with the one, the ones he loves. He loves to be with the ones he loves. Dr. Maxwell Maltz tells a remarkable story of a love like this. A man had been burned and disfigured in a fire while attempting to save his parents from a burning house. But he couldn't get to them. They died in the fire. And he mistakenly interpreted his pain as God's punishment. The man would not let anyone see him, not even his wife. She went to Dr. Maltz, a plastic surgeon, for help. He told her not to worry. I can restore his face. The wife was unenthused. Her husband had repeatedly refused any help. She knew he would again refuse. Then why her visit? She said, I want you to disfigure my face so that I can be like him. If I can share his pain, maybe he'll let me back into his life. Dr. Maltz was shocked. He denied her request, but he was so moved uh, by her love that he went to speak with her husband. Knocking on the man's bedroom door, he called loudly, I'm a plastic surgeon and I can restore your face. No response. Please come out. Again, no answer. Still speaking through the door, Dr. Maltz told the man of his wife's proposal. She wants me to disfigure her face, to make her face like yours, in the hope that you will let her back into your life. That's how much she loves you. There was a brief moment of silence, and then ever so slowly, the doorknob began to turn. The way the woman felt for her husband is the way God feels about us. But he did more than make the offer. He actually took on our face, our disfigurement. He became like us. And just look at the places he was willing to go. Feed troughs, carpentry shops, badlands and cemeteries. The places he went to reach us show how far he will go to touch us. He loves to be with the ones he loves. Wow. That is what Christmas is really all about, guys. Christianity. There's a lot of other ways that God spoke to us. In fact, Hebrews says, uh, long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. The ultimate love of God was when he sent his son into the world, a face-to-face -face encounter, becoming one of us. That's what Christmas and Christianity are all about, what makes them unique and to know how much God loves us. But let's keep moving. He says, John says to those early Christians, what we have seen and heard, we also declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us, so we can have a connection, so we can have a, a, a brother and sister friendship, relationship forever. 
And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. This is not just a human friendship. This is a spiritual relationship that we have with one another and we have with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. So listen here. Principle number two. Our fellowship in Christ, knowing Him and the Father and knowing one another, is grounded in firsthand witnesses, face-to-face encounters they had of the Word made flesh, Him coming face-to-face to be with us. So the point is, we have fellowship. We have life together at church as brothers and sisters in Christ because of a personal direct encounter that Jesus had with humanity, specifically with the apostles and the early followers, and then they conveyed that face-to-face encounter with us so that we could have fellowship, so that we could experience what they experienced, the love of Jesus. Um, and so now we have this fellowship, and we're, we, we connect with one another, right? Depending on where you are, you know, we're reaching out, uh, hands, you know, touching hands, reaching out, touching me, touching you, bop, 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 sweet. Okay, enough. But you get the point. Uh, it started with their firsthand witness being shared with others. And now we have fellowship, connection, bond in the Holy Spirit. It's because of a face-to-face encounter. And then he writes these words. We are writing these things. We're telling you all about this so that our joy may be complete. So that we all can share this kind of mutual joy and incredible joy in knowing God. If this were written uh, in ancient, uh, if, if this ancient letter had been written today, What John might have said is not we are writing these things. He might have said, we are emailing you these things. We are texting you these things. We are are tweeting these things. We are Snapchatting these things so that our joy, we can all experience the joy, and it can be so full. So my point about this is this writing is a form of technology, all right? It was their ancient technology. He used papyrus and ink, and the Roman roads to deliver the letter and a courier system and all that kind of stuff to use technology to get the message to them. And it comes down to us that way too. So here's the third principle and the one I'm going to talk about in terms of, yeah, face-to-face, okay, it's great, but we do celebrate that technology is helpful in delivering that message and bringing us closer together. It's amazing. Technology can do amazing stuff, guys. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to talk about face-to-face encounter, but technology is amazing. I appreciate, I love technology. I love it. I also love my family. I love my wife. But I don't love them in the same ways. I admire technology. I appreciate what it does. I'm amazed by it sometimes. My family, all those things, plus I'm devoted to them. I'm committed to them in a personal way. And guess what? They love me back. And there's a joy that, that that brings that you cannot, technology doesn't love you back. But it's still amazing. There are dangers in technology. Sure, you know. I mean, you know, look at social media. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now the seven deadly sins of social media. They are pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, anger, and sloth. They're the exactly seven deadly sins for every other area of life. They're, they're all there, guys. Um, yeah, is there pride on social media? Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's pride all over. Arrogant people think they are better, know more than everyone else. Is there greed, 
People are making bank on social media. Is there lust? It's a multi-billion, billion, billion dollar business. Just feeding the lust machine. Is there envy? She got more likes than I did. She got more shares than I did on that post. He got more views. Is there gluttony? Are we consuming too much of it sometimes? Yeah. Uh, feeding our passions sometimes. Uh, is there anger? Oh yeah. There's a lot of anger on social media. It's a burning dumpster fire of, of rage and tantrums. Is there sloth, laziness? Guys, a technology, social media can be like the most lazy place. It's like a black hole. I go there to check the weather and somehow or another I end up watching a tennis match with a couple of Australians I'd never heard of. How does that happen? But you know how it does and it just pulls you in and you can waste an enormous amount of time with that. I say all these things because I'm talking about face-to-face -face encounters, but technology is the way the Apostle John delivered this message. He, he got it to us and he got it to them using the technology of his day. So it's great and it is great, but it has its limitations. It does. And it has some dangers. Okay? So we celebrate the good, but we also recognize limitations and some of the dangers of it. Keep going. Dear friends, we are God's children now fully adopted in his family, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. What God intends for us to become in, the, in our lives and in eternity still yet to be revealed. The Apostle John says, I don't even know. But we know that when he appears, not at his first coming at Christmas, but at his glorious second coming in his return, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. There will be this unbelievable, incredible transformation. So here's the point. Number four, we will be transformed, all of us who know Jesus, by a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus at his glorious return. The zenith, the high point of Christian experience is a first-hand, face-to-face encounter with Jesus Christ at his second coming. I mean, that's going to be amazing, guys. And the theologians call this the beatific vision, this beautiful, amazing vision of seeing God face-to-face -face in all his undiminished, without any limitations, glory. It is going to be so amazing so spectacular that just seeing him face to face will actually make us to be like him. Our character, our lives will be transformed and even our, res uh, our bodies will be, be uh, transformed into resurrection body in the life to come. And then Paul tells us, and so we will be with the Lord forever. That is what I'm talking about. That is life together with Jesus and with one another forever. And guys, that will not be mediated through technology. That will be a face-to-face -face encounter. In fact, you get to the end of the Gospel of John, and, and he records miracle after miracle after stunning miracle. And he says in John 21, there are also many other things that Jesus did, which, if every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. 
In other words, everything that you can experience and know about Jesus, not even the whole world can contain the books. There's not enough place for it. Technology that, that John had, and that even what we had, can't contain it all about Jesus. It cannot deliver that all. We're awaiting a face-to-face -face encounter. And what's it gonna be like? I, I just want you to think for a minute this Christmas season, what's it going to be like to meet Jesus in his second coming when the one whom the whole world cannot contain what could be written about, you meet face to face. That's the one that we celebrate this Christmas who humbled himself for a face to face encounter and who faced off with his enemies and who willingly went to a cross to die in our place for our sins and rose from the grave so that eyewitnesses, ear witnesses, hand witnesses could behold his glory and his victory. That's the one we're gonna meet. And that's the one I hope every single one of you has met this Christmas season. Though I have many things to write to you, I don't want to use paper and ink. I got a lot of things I want to say. He's, he, in this letter, he talks about some problems they were facing. He's talking about some false teaching they need to avoid. He's talking about the fellowship they have in Jesus Christ. He talks about some remarkable servants of Jesus. And then he says, in both 2 John and 3 John, he ends his letter this way. I have many things to write to you. Keep, stay right there. I have many things to write to you. But I don't want to use paper and ink. In other words, I don't want to use technology. It's not an anti-technology rant. It's just, you know what? I love writing to you guys. I love using this. I'm so glad we can do this. It makes your joy joyful. But there's something about a face-to-face -face encounter that just is indescribable and irreplaceable. I mean, you saw in those homecoming videos at the beginning, I mean, I'm sure they did FaceTime. I'm sure they'd gotten letters. I'm sure they'd gotten emails and texts. That was fantastic. But there's something about seeing each other face to face. And even the Apostle John says, I love writing to you guys. And we have fellowship and we're connected. And I love doing this with you. But I, I have a lot more things to talk. Sit down and talk to you about. And then he says, instead, I hope to come to you and writing on papyrus and ink in the ancient world was, there's some effort to that. It wasn't easy, it was kind of expensive, but took some effort. But coming to them, I mean, that was a big inconvenience to have a face-to-face -face meeting. I mean, wow, that, that he's gonna travel, and it's gonna be difficult, and it was dangerous, and there was roads, bandits, and there's all the cost of it all. He goes, but I, I don't wanna use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk what? Face to face. So that our joy may be complete. Principle number five. There's an even greater joy when we connect face to face. Got a lot of things to write to you. I don't want to use paper and ink. It's great. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face. There's just something about face to face conversations. Uh, that are just amazing, so that our joy may be complete. Um, some of you are, are, are thinking about right now, so Quentin has taken an entire message to tell us 
that talking to somebody face-to-face is really important and that, yeah, technology is fantastic and amazing, but actually meeting people face-to-face is super important. Actually, yes, I, that's why I'm doing this. And, and I love technology, and I do, but guys, those face-to-face encounters with one another and with our neighbors are so important. We had a dinner with a couple this week, and they're new to Valley Church, and I, I didn't really know them all that well, but I sat down with them, we had dinner, and we had a connection, and I, I sat down face-to-face across the table, and guess what? He, had a, he was wearing an Indiana University uh, gear, all right? And y'all know that I'm a graduate of Indiana University. And so there was this instant connection because I could see him face to face and all this kind of stuff. And I said, you went to Indiana? You went to IU? And he said, yes. I said, what years were you there? He, was, he says, I was in the School of Optometry from 1979 to 1983. I said, those are exactly the years I was there. And then we begin, we, although we never met there, we began to experience together, the, the face-to-face things, the buildings, the places that we had all been at the same place at the same time. And there was this, wow, incredible experience. And then we relived, and I'm sorry for all the Iowa State and Iowa basketball fans, please forgive me, but we relived the 1981 Indiana University National Championship. Yes, and we were there. I was a student and I watched the national championship game on a screen, a black and white screen that was about that big in a dorm room with a bunch of guys. And then after that happened, and he told about what he was doing. And then after that happened, we saw the game, we won the game, and we all just kind of spontaneously just all ran to the center of campus. And he was there too. And I said, were you at Showalter Fountain? And here's Showalter Fountain at the camp. And he says, I was there too. I was there with this gigantic crowd. And today you can see, it's a big place. Go to the next photo. It's a, it's a gigantic place. And all the students, it's, it was an unbelievable experience face to face with thousands of students. And people are setting off fireworks. It was just an amazing, amazing experience. But it was that face to face encounter and having that thing in common. We could talk across the dinner table about that. And it was amazing. There's something about that greater joy. A lot of you know our story. Two years and three months ago, my wife, the awesome Ruth Steve, uh, she had been diagnosed with a, a bone cancer and she had a large tumor in her hip that needed to be removed. So on September 3rd, 2019, they completely removed that tumor and, 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 and her, also her right pelvis as well. And guys, um, it was a huge recovery. She's cancer free today, it's a huge recovery. In fact, she spent two months um, in the hospital, Iowa City, and in the rehab center. Um, And here's a photo of us together. Now guys, here's the thing. Ruth was in there for two months, and for two solid months, she had to uh, lie her body on the right side for 22 out of 24 hours a day. That went on for two months when she was in the hospital. I suppose I, I could have just FaceTimed her and just said, yeah, hey, how, how are things going over there today in Iowa City in the comfort of Des Moines? I, I could have said, hey, could you, could you shine your phone over there so I can see the, you know, the monitor or you know, help me meet some of the, the uh, medical personnel, talk to the doctor? Could, we'll just visit like this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, there's no way. I mean, I mean that, that's great. I'm glad we had that technology. And if we weren't able to, to meet face-to-face, that, that, would, be, that would be understandable. But 
I had to be there every single day for those two months and see her face to face. A lot of times it meant driving back and forth all the way to Iowa City and back many, many times and to the rehab center, which wasn't as far away, thankfully. But there was something that actually bonded us together in those face-to-face -face hard times that are just irreplaceable. And there's a joy that we have in one another and in Christ that I can't really describe to you. It's deeply personal. Guys, there's something about a face-to-face -face encounter. It's just indescribable. I wanna tell you this, uh, as you're hearing this message, please know from the bottom of my heart, this is not any kind of commentary on the pandemic or policies or anything, it's, it's not. In fact, you can just project this, if you like, into 2031 if you want. But these principles are amazing and true. Um, and I wanna just talk to you about what we can do with this, this Christmas in the, in, when we talk about face-to-face -face encounters. Uh, and I understand, totally get it that some of us you know, who are, you know, have some reasons for strong caution or we're extra careful about things, I understand that we have, to, we have to all walk through that in our own ways. So total grace in that regard. But I wanna talk to you about the power of those face-to-face -face encounters, all right? First one, there's worship. Uh, and guys, I'm so grateful that we can do this and we can have this kind of technology for over the last 20 months and has allowed thousands thousands to continue to be connected to Valley Church and to our messages. And it's been incredible because for many with health concerns or um, because of their work situation or because of their, um, their, their sick or whatever it might be, this has allowed that kind of connection and that's fantastic. Um, so keep going with that. There's also the creativity that this technology has allowed for us. We've discovered some fantastic new connections that we can make. Uh, through uh, the, the technology that, that we have, through Zoom calls and, and, and FaceTime and all those things. It's amazing, and I'm so grateful for them. I mean, our family, we're scattered. Uh, we're, our immediate family lives in Des Moines, but our extended family, they live all over the place. And we love that we can connect that way and that we, can, that we as, as followers of Jesus can connect and worship that way when we're out of town or, or when we're cautious because of health concerns. So I get it. There's also the convenience. Sometimes um, this sort of technology, it just, it works for us to, to do this uh, through technology. It allows you, those of you who are um, in our Maple Knoll uh, Cafe venue and in our traditions venue to experience a, a kind of worship and, and fellowship that is amazing. So I'm so grateful for, for our being able to do that. Um, but I wanna also encourage those of you uh, that, you know, if you have opportunities to just be face-to-face -face with the body of Christ in, in one of the venues or in, in the auditorium, please take advantage of those. Uh, they're fantastic and amazing. And if you're online right now, um, please know, I, I, I'm glad that you're with us online. I'm glad that you're staying connected. And as you feel comfortable and you have an opportunity, uh, if you're going everywhere else, you're going to concerts and movies and restaurants and, and shopping and so forth, uh, I, I just uh, gently nudge you to say, hey, we, we miss seeing you face to face and we would love to connect with you when you're ready, okay? There's a ministry also, not just worship, but a ministry of presence that we can have in one another's lives. There's something about praying together, studying the Word of God together, when we experience baptisms together, when we experience communion together, 
And when we do all the one another's of scripture, they're great, you can do them oftentimes distance, but it's so beautiful when we can do those, pray for one another, encourage one another, serve one another, love one another, forgive one another, and it's a, it's a face-to-face encounter. We can also have meals together, visiting the sick. Uh, I remember when, before Ruth's surgery, the elders of the church came together and they anointed her with oil in the name of the Lord and prayed for her. It was so incredibly touching and there's just something about that together moment that will be edged on our memories. And God answers that prayer too. And he did bring healing in amazing ways to us. And it's not just about what we do together as believers in Jesus. It's also about what we can do for our community. It's about every single person in our circle who is made in the image and likeness of Jesus. You see, it's your face-to-face presence in your neighborhood, in your workplace, at the gym, out shopping with strangers and friends alike, that there's something powerful that can happen when people see you face to face, serving the poor, loving our neighbors, blessing and serving our community. This week we had a life group discussion among our life group about extraordinary hospitality from last week's talk that we heard from Jen Schmidt. It's amazing. And we talked about, Ruth and I talked about the extraordinary hospitality. Our first Christmas together, we had just moved to Chicago and we got totally frozen in. They shut down the interstate. We couldn't return home to Indianapolis. So we were stuck in Chicago. And this couple in our church invited us into their home. We spent Christmas morning with their family. They barely knew us. I still remember that all these years later. We we, we talked about one of our life group members uh, made gifts for Christmas gifts for the four immediate neighbors and took that Christmas gift to each one of them in person, face to face. And for three of them, it was a brief conversation, five minutes, maybe just inside the door. But for one of those four, it turned into a two hour conversation that was so important and enriching. And it's just a connection that we can make in the name of Jesus. Um, My wife, Ruth, because of her surgery, has not been able to drive for over two years. And there have been so many people who have given her rides and sacrificed their time to be face-to-face in person to, to make that connection and to give her the rides that she needs around town to her appointments. There was a woman in our life group who was last here, uh, last week, weekend here at Valley Church, and she talked about, she, even before the, the gathering started, she was thinking and praying about, you know, maybe I should have this group of people into my home. And she goes, I can't do that. I've got 45 people coming for Christmas. I've got too much to do. But the Lord, she, she, even before the gathering had started, the worship had started, she just said, no, that's what I need to do. And then she heard this talk on incredible hospitality and going that extra mile. And she's like, okay, I get it, Lord. I'm supposed to connect with people. And we all do that in different ways. Uh, I remember, uh, you can do that on the go. Uh, my, my brother-in-law, um, Mike Cooper, an amazing Christian man. One day he was out uh, in a big RV uh, serving a Christian ministry. He was kind of a support vehicle. And, um, in, and he was driving along and it broke down the side of the road. And um, they didn't know what to do. He's not a mechanic. You know, how am I going to fix this? 
and a few minutes passed and another RV stopped and man walked back to him and says, is there any way I can help? He goes, well, there's something wrong with it. He goes, no, let me take a look at it. And he opens it up and he goes, well, what you got here is your serpentine belt's gone bad and you need that to be replaced. And he goes, okay, what am I gonna do about that? He goes, why don't you come with me? The man walked to his RV. He opened up the side of his RV and basically it was a mini auto parts store. And my brother-in-law asked him in all seriousness, are you like an angel or something? And he says, no. I'm a retired Christian guy and my wife and I love to travel around an RV around the country, but we've made it our ministry to help uh, motorists who are in trouble and to, to help them. And, and I'm a mechanic, I know how to fix stuff. So I have this kind of auto parts store on the side and you know, I just fix what I can. And they do that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people every year. It's just amazing. So that's just one example uh, of these ways that we can have face-to-face -face encounters that can be absolutely life-changing. Many acts of kindness and love and compassion can be done through a distance, and that's fantastic, and we celebrate that. It's amazing. I love it. And we should leverage them as much as possible. But there's something about that, just doing that face-to-face -face with somebody. is It's God. It's what the God of love did for us at Christmas. He didn't keep a comfortable uh, distance to us. He came down to be with us. So I'm asking you today, how could you live out this kind of God with skin on, joyful love in your neighborhood and at the workplace and, and, and that one life that God has brought your way? And as a life group, could you set a specific goal? Maybe it's just taking a cookie between now and Christmas, but doing one specific face-to-face -face act of kindness and hospitality as Valley Church is scattered in all these different neighborhoods it could make an incredible, incredible impact. I'd like to in invite you all to pray with me now as we close. Thank you, Father, for everybody who's here in this message, for those in, in, in our venues, for those who are, are at home. And I pray and I thank you, God, for them connecting this way. It's so amazing and great. And I pray, Lord, that you will put in their hearts how they can take the incarnation of Jesus and make that a model for their own life of being the face of Jesus and the hands of Jesus and the feet of Jesus to a needy world around us, how they can uh, bond together with other believers to make a huge difference in, in lives this Christmas season. And I thank you most of all for Jesus. You came to be with us. You became one of us to take on our brokenness and our sin, to set us free so that we could become like you one day face to face. And all God's people agreed and said, amen, amen. God bless y'all.